Um, so this evening, we're going to go get right into the Word of God. Book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, and we're going to go to verse 9. Book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, in verse 9. When you get there, say amen. I can say praise the Lord. I can say thank you, Jesus. Right. Here we are. Book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16 in verse 9. And how many of us know that God, he wants to bless our lives? The book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16 in verse 9. The Bible says these words. It's for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Why don't we go ahead and pray this evening. Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing during this new decade in our life. And we pray today, Lord, that we would let go of 2019 and we would step into this new decade of our destiny. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen hearts and minds. I pray, Lord, you would give us new mindsets, that you give us a, a, a greater uh, perception, God, perspective, Lord, of you, of your word. I pray right now, Lord, that every wall of the enemy would be knocked down in your glorious name, would be exalted and praised. I pray that today people who came in here, Lord, that they'll leave this place blessed, God. That they'll leave this place strengthened by your word, God. We'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. And all of God's people said, you know, this Decade of Destiny series, how many of you are enjoying this series? I know last week we had an amazing time with Pastor Ruben uh, preaching about getting to where you want to be. And we know that God, he has a destination for us. He has a place that he has set up for us, a good place. The Bible says that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Now, that's, that's an exciting place to be. But the good news tonight is also today we're going to talk about live, living the life that God wants to bless. And we were talking the first week about uh, overcoming our stresses and walking in the blessings of God. But today we're going to talk about living the life that God blesses, that God blesses. And one of the things that we know about God is uh, serving the Lord is a marathon. It's not a, a short sprint, but it's a, a marathon uh, tonight. Recently, um, I did a 5K run, which is not a marathon in no regard at all. But did a, a 5K run with one of my friends, and we went, me and Joseph, we went, and we were going, and we were going, we got to, I got to about the halfway point, and people were giving out waters, and I, I said, I'm good, I, I'm good. Uh, and I kept on running, got to the halfway point, started making my way back, and then all of a sudden they had waters again, and I said, give me one of those waters. And I drank that water, and that water refreshed me, but I believe that's what church is like. When you and I come to church, God refreshes us so we can step into our destiny. God empowers us uh, to walk in. And maybe you're here and you're going through a battle. You feel like giving up on the marathon of your salvation. You feel like giving up on, on what you're going through. I want to ch challenge you. Be patient. God has a blessing in store if you hold on to the promises of God. If you hold on to the promises of God, and that's a word for someone tonight. If you're patient and hold on to the promises of God, you will inherit the blessings of God over your life. 
Now, on this journey that you and I are going through, this marathon, where are you at today? Are you, like, just feeling really good? It's like your marriage doing really good, your finances, you're just like, I'm just so blessed. I can run this 26.2, no problem, all the way to heaven. Or maybe you're here today and your side's hurting you and you're about to faint and you're saying, God, this might be my last service. Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it through into my destiny. I don't even know if I'm going to make it through tonight's service. And you feel like you're going to faint and collapse. Tonight, God's going to give you that strength that you need inside of your life. It's a marathon of destiny. Four pitfalls we're going to talk about that come into our life that try to sway us from walking into the destiny that God has placed before us. And the first one is distractions. Distractions. If you do intend to do anything great for the kingdom of God, the enemy will send distractions your way to stop you from what God has for your life and for my life. And there's so many distractions in the world that want to stop us. You know, you think about something that would distract you from the word of God. Something just like TV. I'm watching shows that that don't glorify God, that desensitize you to the things of God, or you think about music that we listen to. You think about music that is not lifting up the name of Jesus, not giving glory to God, how it will distract us from our destiny, um, what God wants to do. I believe that as believers, you and I should listen to music that edifies us. This side believes that. This side, we're going to be praying for you tonight. <laughs> You know, I believe we should be listening to music that edifies us, that builds us up, that, that, that makes us want to go forward for God. And that's why I'm so blessed that when we come into the worship service and begin to raise our hands and leave our problems aside, leave everything that happened in the car on the way over here aside and say, God, I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to worship your name that there's this transfer of, of righteousness. There's this excitement that comes in our life. Why? Because when we're walking with God, God refills us inside of our life. It's so important that you and I are filling ourselves up with music that edifies us and not tears us down. Music that lifts up the name of Jesus. Music that what? That glorifies the name, but not music that tears us down. Not music that leads us to what? To the flesh. To sin. To question the things of God. Pleasure is another distraction that comes our way. Possessions is another distraction that will come our way. Popularity, being popular. Worrying about what other people think about you all the time. I wonder what they're saying. I wonder what uh, they're saying. I, I, I wonder why they didn't like my post that I just posted 10 minutes ago. What's going on? Popularity is something that would distract us from glorifying the name of Jesus. Because our, our main intent should be this, church. Is to lift up the name, to glorify the name, and to make one person happy and pleased. And his name is what? Jesus Christ. To lift up his name, to glorify his name, to make his name famous, not ours. Popularity will try to hinder us. It will distract us from what God wants to do inside of our life. Young person, no matter how old you are, how young you are, don't get caught up in, in all of that. But get caught up in God. I want to glorify your name. I want to please your name. I want to honor, honor you inside of my life. Another thing that will hinder us tonight is profit. Profit, the goal to get rich, um, working all kinds of hours and, and just 
you know, just staying away from your family and working and working and working for profit to get rich. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Another thing that will come our way, another pitfall is voices of doubt that will test us. Now, you and I as people of God, I believe every single one of us here, God has given us a dream. Um, if you're here tonight and God has given you a dream, whether it's to see your unsaved family get saved, whether it's to see God do a miracle in, in this area or that area, I want you just to raise your hand. Right where you're at, just raise your hand if God has given you a dream. Um, and maybe you've held on to that dream. Maybe if you could hold up your hand if you held on to that dream more than 10 years. More than 10 years. You've held on to that dream for more than 10 years. Wow, a lot of us here. A lot of us here have held on to that dream. More than 20 years. More than 20 years. There's still some here. They're holding on to that dream. Holding on to that dream. Let me say this. Noah, he held on to a dream for over 120 years. 120 years. And guess what? He inherited the promise. The promise. Now, there are voices of doubt will come to us from our critics. There's voices of doubt that will come to us from competition. We can never get a competitive spirit with others. Especially in the day and age that we live in, the social media age where people are posting like everything is going really good in, you know, their life. But the reality is that could just be a facade. A facade that is, is, is not real. That it, that's not real. And you can get a competitive spirit, you know, you look at this person's marriage and go, man, if, if, I, had, if I had a wife like that, I would be happy. If I had a husband like that, oh man, I, I would be a really happy person. If I had parents like that, I would be a happy camper. And the reality is this is that inside of our life, inside of our life, the voices of competition, the voices of having that competitive spirit will rob us of the joy that God wants to give us inside of our heart. Because every single one of us here tonight, we all got problems. We all got issues. And we all need Jesus. All of, every single one of us. Now, inside of our life, Satan will come. Friends will come. Critics will come. Even your own voice, you could be your own worst enemy just doubting yourself and doubting the promises of God and saying, did God really say that he was going to give me this dream? Did God really say he was going to do this in my life? You know what? We need to stop saying, did God really say it? We need to say, God, I know you said and I receive it by faith. I'm holding on to the promises of God, which are yes and amen and thank you, Jesus. And I'm not going to let go of this thing until it takes place inside of my life. I'm going to hold on to your promises as long as it takes. Lord, I'm going to hold on. I ain't going to let go on that promise you gave me 10 years ago. I ain't going to let go of that dream you gave me 20 years ago. I ain't going to let go of that blessing. But I'm going to wrestle for my blessing like Jacob wrestled against that angel all night long. If it takes me, I'm going to hold on until you bless my life, God. And I ain't going to let go. And so you and I, we need to have that same spirit that Jacob had. He said, I ain't going to let go until I get my blessing. I ain't going to give up when things get hard. I ain't going to get up when I'm down on my back. I'm going to continue to go forward for the Lord because I know that you're going to bless me. And I'm asked the Lord, bless my life. And we can say that prayer, Lord, bless me. Just like Jabez said, Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil that I won't cause pain. And the Bible says that God heard Jabez and granted him that blessing. 
in the middle of nowhere, Jabez said, God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And the Bible says that God gave him his request. You got to hold on. We have to be tenacious, patiently tenacious faith. Holding on to the promises of God. Even when people say, you're crazy. We must dare to be different from our culture. Noah, he fits the bill. Book of Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Book of Genesis, get there, say amen. Say thank you, Jesus. The Bible says this in verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Verse 7. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Verse 8, the Bible says this, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Everyone say, but Noah. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was different than everyone else of his generation. He was someone who uh, all of a sudden God had began to speak to him, and all of a sudden he began to listen to the voice of God. He began to be obedient to the voice of God, and all of a sudden he saved not only himself, but he saved his family, his family. Now, one of the things about Noah that we see is that Noah, he was someone who uh, had lived in a very sinful culture, very evil culture. The Bible says that, that the thoughts of the people, the inclination of the people was violent and wicked all the time. Does that sound familiar? We live in a day and age where wickedness is called good and good is called wicked. Um, the Bible says in Luke chapter 17 verse 26, when the Son of Man comes again, it will be like it was when Noah lived. Now, when Noah lived, there was darkness all across the world. There was darkness, there was darkness, there was darkness. Have you ever looked at your job and there's just darkness? And, and you ever looked at your, your classmates and, at your college and there's darkness? You ever looked at your family at the family reunion and all you see is the darkness and the darkness? But the Bible says, but Noah, but Noah was a bright spot in a dark culture. Now, have you ever felt like you're the only Christian at your job? Have you ever felt like you're the only Christian in your family? Have you ever felt like you're the only Christian in church? <laughs> We've all been there, right? We've all been in that place where we think, God, I'm the only one left, right? In those places in our life, we need to understand that God has placed us as a Noah for our generation. You are the Noah for your family. Did you get that? Did you catch that? You are the Noah that God has placed uh, strategically in your family to bring your family to Jesus. And you say, I might be the only one. You might be the only one, but God has you there not to be the only one in the end. But what he's going to do is going to bring glory, honor, and God has placed you there for a reason. 
God has placed you there to bring glory to his name. God has placed you in that classroom at your college for a reason. You might feel like you're the only one in the classroom that's serving the Lord, but that's okay because you're the Noah of the classroom. Um, in your family, you might feel like you're the only one uh, in your family that's serving the Lord, but that's okay because you're the Noah of your family. Now, a couple things about Noah. First thing is Noah wasn't worried about fitting in. He wasn't. He wasn't worried about fitting in. He didn't say, okay, I, I have to be like my culture. I have to be more, more wicked and more evil, and I need to conform to their ways. And I, I, needed, you know, I needed to water down a little bit of what God has showed me, and, and I can fit in. Because how many of you know that when you're a Christian and you're walking in righteousness, you stick out like a, like, you stick out like a star in a dark world? So no, he wasn't, he wasn't worried about fitting in. And as believers, we cannot be worried about fitting in because God has called us to know that we're pilgrims and we're passing through. We're passing through. This is not our home. This right here is temporal. You and I, we have an eternal home in heaven that you and I are fighting every day to get into that place. Amen. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. We're passing through this place. Noah, he didn't try to keep up with the latest trends. Noah, he was willing to be different to fulfill his destiny. Let's say this is a church. Let's say this is a church. I can only make a difference by being different. One more time. I can only make a difference by being different. See, great people never follow the crowd. They never, they never follow the crowd. Great people, they don't follow the crowd. Great people, they say, you know what, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow the ways of God. I'm going to follow the word of God. And, and sometimes that means that you're alone, and, and that's okay. Sometimes it means that people may mock you and ridicule you and, and, and say things about you. But the Bible says, blessed are you when people persecute you. And great is your reward. And Noah, can you imagine Noah, you know, he's living in this time and, and there's no rain. And all of a sudden he, he begins to what? He begins to build an ark. Can you imagine what the people were saying about him? Can you imagine what his family was saying, what his sons were saying? Dad, please stop it, Dad. Dad, please stop it. Please don't do that, Dad. You're embarrassing the whole family. Can you imagine that? And he's out there, he's building that ark, and, and his neighbors are laughing at him. They're saying, there is no rain. What are you doing? You, God, God told you to do this. <laughs> you're, you, you, you're really weird, Noah. Noah, why don't you just come to the bar with us and, and put that hammer down, and we'll have a good time. And we'll, we'll show you what you should really be doing, Noah. But what did Noah do? He said, no, give me my hammer. I'm going to continue to make this ark because God spoke to me. See, sometimes when God speaks to us, People think we're crazy. They go, oh, you're weird. But that's when we hold on to the promises and God say, no, I know that I know what God has said to me. And I'm not going to let go of the promises of God. Noah had the courage to live with integrity and be different. This evening, do you have the courage, the courage to be different at your jobs, at your schools, with your family, 
being the same person you are in these doors out there. Being that believer, that Christian that God has called you to be, being vocal, being faithful, being proud. The second thing I want to talk about really quick is listen to the voice of God, not to the voices of doubt. Listen to the voice of God, not to the voice of doubt. We must listen to God. It's so important that we listen to the voice of God. We don't listen to the, the voice of doubt when it comes our way. Whether it's from our family, whether it's from critics, whether it's from ourself, whether it's from the devil, don't listen to voices of doubt and say, God, I'm going to hold on to the promises that you've given me. I'm not going to let go of them, but I'm going to continue to be steadfast and patiently wait for these promises to come to pass inside of my life. Holding on to what? To the voice of faith. We must listen to God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it was by faith. Everyone say, by faith. That Noah heard God's warning about things he could not yet see. See, Noah trusted in what he heard, even though his circumstances didn't show him with his eyes what he wanted to see. He listened to the voice of God, even though he wasn't seeing it. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But Noah said, you know what, I'm going to listen to what I heard. I'm not going to let go on this promise that God has given me. And I'm going to continue to go forward for God. You and I, we must trust our future in the hands of God. Our future, we say, God, I trust you with my future. God, I trust you with my future, God. You know, the reality is this, is that none of us know our future. None of us know our future. And that's a, that can cause a lot of, uh, uh, of you know, just, you know, re uh, restless nights that can cause you and I to begin to doubt. We can begin to get angry. We can begin to say, God, what's going on? We don't know what our future holds, but we know who holds our future. We know who holds our future. Now, that's, a, that's good because although we don't know what's up ahead, the good news is this, is that we know that the one who holds our future is faithful. We know the one that holds our future keeps his word. We know the one that holds our future is true to his word and that his promises are yes and amen and that he is faithful to everything that he's given us inside of our life. We don't know what, you know, what next month holds, but the good news is this, is that we know that the creator of all the universe holds our heart, our days, our very breath in the palms of his hands. So next time the voice of doubt comes and says, man, you don't even know what's up ahead. You don't even know what God has for you. You can say, you know what, I don't know, but I know a God that he knows. I know that God knows what he holds for me. And I know that God is going to lead me in this path of everlasting life. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Now, I used to think that goodness and mercy was going to be falling, you know, just like casually falling. No, it's like overtaking. It's like jumping on your back, goodness and mercy is behind us. It's like right there, right behind us, pushing us forward to our destiny. Pushing us forward into what God has. Pushing us forward into the blessings. That's God's goodness and God's mercy working inside of our life. The Bible says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. 
we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Oh, man, that's a good word for someone. Because right now you're seeing all the troubles. Right now we're just seeing all the troubles. But the Bible says instead we look forward. Everyone say, I look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over. But the unseen joys to come will last forever. <laughs> Highlight that verse in your Bible. That should be... that. That should be the verse of the year for you, for some of us. Because God is going to bless us in this decade. God is going to bless us in, 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 as we go forward for God. And we say, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be uh, faithful because I know you're going to make me fruitful, God, as I walk in your promises. Amen. How do you know you hear God's voice? How do you know you're hearing God's voice? To hear, you got to be near. Pretty simple, right? To hear... You got to be near. Now, you might say, well, whose voice am I listening to tonight? You might be listening to a negative voice. You might be listening to the voice of, you know, maybe someone that is leading you the wrong way. We got to be very careful to the voices we're listening to. Amen? And one of the things about when you're walking close to God, how do you know you're hearing the voice of God? If it first begins with uh, affiliation. Affiliation, what I mean by that is this, is that you, you, you're willing to be with somebody, to walk beside them, and you're saying, you know, I feel, I'm affiliated with them. I uh, believe in what they're doing. I, I'm standing in promises to, you know, the promises that God has given me. I'm, I'm not going to let go. Because what does the Bible say? If you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. So affiliations, how many of us are not ashamed that Jesus is our Lord and Savior? We're not embarrassed about it. We're not embarrassed. We're, you know what? We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. When, you're at, when you're, you're at your job and you're praying for your lunch, you say, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, croissant sandwich that I'm going to eat after the Daniel fast. <laughs> you know, you're not ashamed. to. How many of us ever been around someone, that, or maybe you remember a day where you were, you were embarrassed to be with someone and you don't want, it, you don't want the neighborhood to know that you were hanging out with this person? Anyone? <laughs> Years ago, I remember when I got my first car, it was a 1991 Toyota Corolla station wagon. My dad had gave it to me. I love Toyotas. It was an awesome car. I remember there, and uh, it, was, it was, would overheat a lot, and smoke would come out, and it would break down. I remember first time I went out with my wife in my chaperone, my dad and mom, my car broke down, overheating. But I remember that car, it was a really good car, I used to love that, I still love that car, I still want to get another one and just repair it and redo it, restore it. But I remember one time my cousin from Los Angeles, he went up there to Fresno, we were there and we were driving, he said, hey, what do you do over here? You know, there wasn't much to do. So I said, let's go for a drive. And he's like, we're going to go in that car? I said, well, if you want to get out of the house, yeah, we're going to have to go in this car. So we started driving, we're driving, and we got in front of, like, the main street over there in Fresno, Shaw Avenue. That's the avenue there. One of the busiest avenues in California. And I remember my car broke down right there in the middle of the road. And I remember my cousin, he jumped in the back seat. He jumped in the back. He did it really fast. And I remember I looked at him and I looked right here. He was ashamed to be affiliated with my 1991 Toyota Corolla and his cousin Danny. 
And I remember just like, whatever, man, this thing's going to get us home. And it did. It really did. But affiliation. How many of you ever feel like that about Christianity? Like all of a sudden you're at your job and you have that chance. There's that moment with your coworker where you can, you know, just lift up the name of Jesus. Or maybe you're doing that impromptu speech at your college. And all of a sudden, scripture begins to come to your mind, but you're wondering, I wonder what my professor is going to say. I wonder what that, that, that cool guy over there is going to say. I wonder what they're going to say. I wonder what she's going to say. And all of a sudden, you say, God, I don't want to be affiliated with you, Jesus. I want to kind of come over here with the cool kids, and I'm too cool for you. No, you and I, as, as believers, those moments that God gives us, we cannot be ashamed of our, our affiliation of Jesus Christ. We have to lift up his name. Those are divine moments that God has given us. And heaven's watching. Heaven's looking down. When you're there all alone, you're not all alone. We have the Father. We have the Son. We have the Holy Spirit right there with us. Lead us to lift up the name of Jesus. And in that classroom, in that family reunion, there could be backsliders that are just yearning to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There could be someone who's there who doesn't want to live life. And as you share the good news of the gospel, all of a sudden there's this transfer. There's this breakthrough that takes place. But you have to not be ashamed. You can't be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power. It's the power of God that leads what? Unto salvation. We cannot be ashamed. we got to say, God, you know, I'm affiliated with you, Lord, because I know that the blessed life, and Lord, the way I walk into the blessed life, I need to know who the blesser is, and I'm not scared. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed to stand with the, with, with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and, and the Prince of peace. Uh, and just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood firm when men, other men were bowing down. They say, you know what? Well, you know what, God, he may save us. We think he's going to save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down to that false idol. We're still going to go forward for God. We're still going to walk into our destiny. Why? Because we know that God is good. Now, there's people all around the world that are taking that stand today. Today, they're taking that stand for Jesus. Just in Africa on Monday, there was a minister who was killed by ISIS. They beheaded him, and, and this man, the, the, the ISIS, they began to, to, uh, to, they went to him, and they said, you need to raise over 200 euros, and we'll let you go. His church, his family began to raise money frantically. They didn't raise enough money. All of a sudden, ISIS, they pulled him out. They said, you needed to renounce your faith. Renounce your faith. Renounce your faith, Pastor David. Renounce your faith. He goes, I ain't going to renounce my faith. I ain't going to renounce my faith. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to love God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to go forward for God. In the midst of all those men, all those ISIS men, he says, you know what, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I don't care. I love Jesus and I ain't going to let go of Jesus because Jesus is all I have. He's all I need. He's all I want. Oh, my gosh, this man was beheaded for his faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm affiliated, and I ain't going to let go. This evening, we're all going to get that chance to say, Jesus, I'm affiliated 
with you. And I don't care what anyone says. I ain't going to let go because I know who you are. You're the king of my life. Affiliation. As the worship team makes their way up here tonight. Affiliation, another thing that we see is agreement. When you and I stand with God, we stand in agreement. When you and I walk with God, we walk in not only agreement but also alignment. We're headed in the same direction, at the same pace. So how do you know you're walking with God? Well, there's what? Affiliation. There's agreement. Side of our life, we're saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with your word. And then another thing is there's alignment. That's how we know that we're walking with God. The Bible says that Enoch, Enoch walked with God for 365 years and then he was what? Then he was no more. There was that agreement, alignment, affiliation. But another way that we know that we're not walking with the world and that we're walking with God, that we know that we're walking in agreement with God is that you and I, we're not walking with the world. The world, they look at us and they go, man, there's something so different about them. There's something that's very powerful about them. What, what is it? It's that we're walking with God and we're saying, you know what, I'm not going to walk with the world. But I'm going to honor you, Lord. I'm going to love you with all my life and all of my heart. And that's what Noah did. Noah said, you know what, I'm going to build this ark. I'm going to go forward for God. I know what he told me. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, it says that Noah did everything the Lord commanded. Everything. Everything that the Lord commanded, Noah, he did it. Inside of our life, when God speaks to us, when God challenges us, are we saying, God, I'm going to listen to your voice and I'm going to do what you've called me to do. See, the only way that we'll enter into our destiny this decade is by obe being obedient to the voice of God. By saying, Lord, what you told me, I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to walk, God, in righteousness. I'm, I'm going to walk, God, in, 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 in integrity, God. I'm going to walk in purity of heart and thought. I'm going to honor you with all my life. Noah, he said, I'm going to go forward for you. And the Bible says something very powerful. The Bible says that Noah, he found grace in the eyes of God. Now, when the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God, that's the very first mention of grace in the Bible. And we see that God was working out this, this, this work of grace inside of Noah's life. But the awesome thing, I mean the awesome thing is that Noah said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to build an ark. I'm going to go forward for God. I'm going to do all the things that God, you called me to do, Lord. And the Bible says that his family was saved. Tonight, believer, Christian, how many of you have been fighting for your family? How many of you have been believing God for your unsaved son, your unsaved daughter? your unsaved husband, your unsaved wife, your unsaved mother, your unsaved father, you've been fighting, you've been believing God. And you know what the awesome thing is that Noah, he did the same thing. Even when 
the world, they ridiculed him, they mocked him. He said, no, I'm going to continue to build. I'm going to continue to go forward. And the Bible says that Noah's family was saved. You and I as believers of Jesus Christ, we cannot give up. We cannot throw in the towel. We cannot say, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to give up on this ark. You know, my coworkers are mocking me. My family's mocking me. You know, everyone's mocking me. I'm going to give up. I don't see no rain coming. I want to tell you that if we hold on to the promises of God, the rain is coming. God is going to do that mighty move, that work that only God can do. You and I, as believers, hold on to the promises of God. No shortcuts. Say, God, I'm going to do what you call me to do. With every head bowed, every eye closed, in reverence to God.